and welcome to this latest edition of the Powder Blue Podcast. The World Baseball Classic is in full swing. And Jeff Mosher, the Phillies are prominently displayed on the na- well, not, not, not national, the world stage. That's right, the global stage, Frank. The Phillies have gone global. In fact, I think Kyle Schwarber's home run from their first game might still be orbiting the globe <laughs> because that thing was a bomb. Yeah, and they didn't play him the next day for some Mike Truck guy or something. So I don't know. That's yeah, I never thing. heard of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, the Phillies seem to be firing on all cylinders. So now Team USA is the big one, but there's been a lot of neat other other uh, storylines throughout the World Baseball Classic, both Phillies present and former. Uh, so <laughs> let's talk about Great Britain for a second. Who, by the <laughs> way, of course, had the wor- worst uniforms I've ever seen. <laughs> Terrible <laughs> uniforms. And I don't even think the USA uniforms were that great, but they looked amazing compared to the Great Britain uniforms. Yeah, like uh, who was it? John Boyce said, looks like somebody just opened up a Word document, put in Ariel Fudge, Great Britain, <laughs> and then just said, all right, slap it on uniform. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. And I noticed the one day they were some player was missing the T in, in Great <laughs> so, Great Britain, so, baby. Yeah. So those were those wonderful, uh, wonderful uniforms. But, but man, some, some blasts from the past in this world baseball classic. Well, Vance Worley wore, wore one of those, uh, Great Britain uniforms and, uh, nice to see him still pitching. It feels like he's a hundred years old, but no, he's 35. I looked it up. <laughs> no, but there was a pitcher who came in, I think, in the sixth inning that was like almost a hundred years old. He was a right-hander, surprisingly, but he was very, very old. <laughs> no, no real, no real uh, requirements, I suppose, to uh, uh, for, for for age. I, I guess no. some of the countries they just need to fill out a roster, which is what the, what they got to do. But right. but man, looking at uh, looking at Team Canada's roster, uh, you know, the, so three former Phillies relievers in the bullpen: <laughs> Philippe <laughs> Almont, Scott oh, Matheson, God. and Adam Lowen. So Adam Lowen pitched for the Phillies when the Phillies were at their low. They were like at when. Uh, well, uh, you know, the, remember the waving of the white towel? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, yeah. To me, that waving of the white towel was the lowest moment. I'm pretty sure Adam Lowen was on that roster, uh, that year when Jeff Francoeur had pitched those couple innings. <laughs> oh my God. You are <laughs> a blast towel, from but, the past, my friend. <laughs> yeah, some definite blast from the past, but also a lot of Phillies presence, uh, doing pretty, pretty well on this, uh, this Team USA. So, uh, let's just take a quick look at, at some of their uh, future stars. So if you're watching last night, Trey Turner hit a home run. So uh, you know, he's certainly uh, he's certainly certainly doing pretty well this World Baseball Classic, batting well 250. So he's he's he I guess he's the low performer. He was 333 after the home run. But you know you know yeah. this is these are like spring training things. Uh, <laughs> but real JT Real Muto hitting 600 after going two for two. <laughs> last night and that Kyle Schwarber homer what do you just say, say about that Jeff it's still orbiting <laughs> the world you know as we said it's everything's global about the WBC that thing is now a satellite <laughs> so so you know Jeff I I will say I think leading up to this with we didn't we didn't hype this up so much we didn't hear a lot of hype we mentioned it like okay what's what's this going to mean for 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 camp but this is pretty yeah. cool it is. It is. And I know that it doesn't, you know, you know, we're baseball lifers. So we probably love this more than, than some other people. Cause some of these first round games can be different. Like, I don't know who's watching, you know, like I think it was Israel versus the, uh, uh, Netherlands or something like that. But I, there hey, are third certain baseman games. Garrett Stubbs. You got to see third baseman Garrett Stubbs. That's right. Third baseman Garrett Stubbs. But, uh, I did switch for a little bit while the USA was doing its thing on Great Britain. 
um, the end of the Dominican game versus the Venezuelan team. That now that's that's a star-studded matchup right mm-hmm. there. And Venezuela won surprisingly. Well, not surprisingly, they have good good players. But I think everybody thinks the Dominican team's gonna you know win this thing. And I so that was an exciting game. And and plus you can tell that the American team is taking this seriously. I think um, the broadcast mentioned that Paul Goldschmidt, who's not a a man of many words, addressed the team beforehand and said like let's really win this thing let's let's real you know let's we're kind of the underdogs we're the american team everybody thinks somebody else is going to win uh let's do this so they were able to get i i like that they're taking that seriously and i think as we get to the latter stages of it and the cream rises to the top and you have otani with japan and cuba will probably be there and you know dominican team and the american team it's going to get real exciting and speaking of exciting so uh speaking of that dominican team which is Pretty freaking good. Oh, it's loaded. <laughs> right. right. That, 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 is, that is a loaded lineup for sure. Uh, Manny Machado, uh, Julio Rodriguez, Juan Soto, like go on on Rafael Devers, right? So this is a, this is a pretty good, pretty good lineup. And so, uh, th- one cool story, you know, Team Nicaragua, by the way, we already mentioned one guy from the Cliff Lee trade, Felipe Amont, but another guy, mm-hmm. JC Ramirez, is, uh, was p- is pitching for Team Nicaragua, but he has a teammate. And his teammate is Duque Hebert, and he mm-hmm. struck out Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, and Rafael Devers, and then a Detroit Tiger scout went right up to him and signed the contract with him within an hour. That's so cool. <laughs> That's really awesome. 21 years old, looked really good, and it's like, why isn't this guy in somebody's organization, right? I mean, right. So, so right. I thought that was one of the really neat storylines uh, from uh, coming out of the Nicaraguan team. Yeah, no, that is, by the way, 14, uh, 19 pitches to do that, which is pretty good. So, uh, yeah, that, I'm going to sort of try to keep tabs on that kid. Yeah, so I'm Luis sure Molina. Star, if he makes it to the majors, I'm sure it'll be a great story. Yeah, Luis Molina was that Tiger scout, and uh, he finds him as he's leaving Lone Depot Park and asks him some questions and <laughs> had the contract for him right there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think that that's, that's, that's pretty cool. So they announced it on the bus in front of the team. After there, but he did give up a double to Manny Machado, but you know, he was, uh, he or she showed enough. So it's pretty, pretty neat to see, to see, uh, some of these, some of these storylines here. And, and, and you know what, for the national pride, I mean, I mean, look, Team Israel, uh, you know, they, 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 they did have their moments. Uh, they also yeah. had some not, not so good looking moments. Uh, as you saw, Puerto Rico, uh, shut them out 10 nothing. With a, yeah, it's another team in Puerto Rico. That, a that shortened, what do they call it? A shortened combined perfect game. I don't even know how you call it that. But uh, a but, mercy ruled combined perfect game. Is that what it, is? That what it is? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So so after eight, and and I had to look this up because I wasn't really sure what the heck the mercy rule actually is. But so if you're up by ten after seven, or up by fifteen after five, they can. Uh, call the mercy rule, and so I like that little little league, little league element to the game. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so uh, they had to Puerto Rico uh, mercy ruled Israel last night, but uh, you saw a big hit from third baseman Garrett Stubbs uh, the, the day prior for for <laughs> to give Israel the win, right? So right. some of these there's there's just all these cool little little storylines that I think we could keep going on and on, and uh, but the only problem is Jeff. How do you watch yeah. all these games? 
Uh, I can't. You can't watch all of them. So I try to get the ones that I can. Sometimes some of them are harder to find than others. So yeah. uh, good thing you got that guide on the TV that tells you everything that's going on. <laughs> I don't pay for cable. I mean, come on. Oh, uh, that's good. Good job by you. Yeah, well, <laughs> I pay for a million other things to stream things, but I don't have a traditional cable box, so... Uh, that's a little bit different. So, uh, but, but you know what though? It's, it's like the NCAA tournament, which unfortunately there are no Philadelphia teams in. Uh, but you know, it's, it's like, it's like you can, you know, jump from game to game and, and see a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And, yep. um, but, but the, uh, the Phillies are most certainly prominently displayed. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep, we'll, we'll certainly keep, keep an eye on that as, as, uh, things go on. Team Isn't USA. By the way, that that Trey Turner, who was like the prized addition of the Phillies in the offseason, he bats like seventh in that lineup. He's batting seventh. I think it's Real Mutos is sixth in front of him or something like that. But and then yeah. Schwarber doesn't even start. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. Guess they have to play matchups. That's right. Right with that Team USA roster, which is pretty good. And and by the way, I failed to mention one. One other Phillies, actually there's kind of two. Ernie Witt coached in the Phillies system for a while, but, uh, Paul Quantrill, pitching coach of Team mm. Canada. So. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So lot, lots of, uh, lots of, lots of neat connections, uh, throughout this, this world baseball classic. <laughs> Same so, here. Yeah. It's been fun to watch. So check it out. It was, it will go on Team USA. And I, I, not that we need to root for any particular team, but, uh, Team USA has the three prominent Phillies in the, uh, in the lineup when they, when they start. Uh, so that, that's probably the team that people will get to follow, uh, the most. And, uh, of course, Ranger Suarez is out. Gregory Soto is out. So that leaves Garrett Stubbs in Israel. And we have Jose Alvarado in Venezuela. And mm-hmm. who am I forgetting at this point? Who's who's left? Sir Anthony is not with a team, oh, Sir, right? He's, Sir is, Anthony. He, yeah, he is. Okay. Yeah. So the Dominican team. Dominican. Yeah. So. Nice. So yeah. So they're, 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 I guess those for Phillies fans, they're the ones they want to keep an eye on as we uh, as we go through this. Although I don't know how many games Sir Anthony will will close out because they've been pretty pretty dominant. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, far. they got players. They got pitchers. Yeah, they've got they've got a lot of uh, they've got a lot of players. Oh, I forgot one more one more former Philly that a blast from the past is is playing for Team Israel. Ty Kelly, remember Ty oh Kelly? Oh my God, <laughs> what's his relation? Utility player uh, from what was it like twenty fifth? Again, from the lowest of the low. This was like the yeah the the. No, yeah, all you have to do is have like heritage, right? If you have Jewish heritage, you can play yeah, for Team Israel. Yep, That's yep. yeah. Just like with that Great Britain team, it's like this guy's from the Bahamas, this guy's from another territory that that not like very few of those guys are actually from Great Britain, right? Even even Trace Thompson, who's Clay Thompson's brother, played for the Dodgers. It's like his mother, I think, is originally from England, so that you know qualified him. Yeah, so yeah, Vance Morley was born in Sacramento, California. So you go from, you go from your family's heritage. <laughs> Um, and, but, oh, I forgot, I forgot, uh, one of the Phillies. So Taiwan Walker pitching for Team Mexico. Oh, his, of course. Yeah, his mother yeah. is of Mexican descent. So, uh, so he's pitching for Team Mexico. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're, uh, you know, so, some of the, uh, I suppose some of these, these teams you need to be a little liberal. You know, if your grandmother's, uh, boyfriend from high school was 
right. from, from one of these, you know, from one of these teams. They find they find an excuse to let you on, but uh, yeah, but no, this is this is good baseball. You know, it's got a little bit of a uh, got a little bit of a uh, playoff feel to it, I think. So yeah, in the state in the games I've watched, the stadiums have had decent crowds too. So I mean, I think it gives you a good feel. It's not like uh, you know, I think people are you know, the, the hardcore baseball fan. I think is watching. Yeah, I did, I did notice, uh, a Phillies fan or two, uh, you know, one of our listeners, Chris McCabe, I see he's out there in Arizona watching some of these games. So, uh, mm-hmm. so he's, he's been posting some neat pictures, uh, from there. And I actually, of course, once he's, once he's, uh, posting the pictures, I'm like, man, it'd be fun to go to one of these games. So I don't know. I don't think I have a couple of days to fly to Miami, which is probably the easiest one to get to from here <laughs> for some of this. But, uh, but yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty neat that, that people get to do that. So. All right, well let's let's talk about the Phillies that are that are still in Clearwater because they still have a camp going on and they still mm-hmm. have uh they still have a lot going on. Uh you know, when we were talking about this last, kind of mentioning who might who might fill out this bench, but there there's there's a lot of guys turning heads. Um the two that I mentioned last week uh <laughs> did doing pretty well. So let's 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 run through that. So Derek Hall, he was the one that that I kind of said had to hit his way out of camp and onto the team. Because he doesn't really have a position, but at this point he's batting 346 yeah. with a double, four home runs, and a 1.260 OPS for the spring. And more importantly, he's hitting lefties. Yes, that is the biggest and most important stat of them all, I would think. I mean, so, if you're going to have him playing at all, if he's going to be able to get into this lineup for the Phillies on opening day without Harper and see some time, you would like to be able to trust him to hit some lefties. Yeah, I think it's setting up pretty well that he could be facing Jacob DeGrom on opening day and mm-hmm. down there in Texas. So I mean, it helps if there's a righty pitching. So we can probably assume that he would be the guy. I, I think I think at this point, I mean, I don't know what he could do in the next two weeks to, to kind of ruin it. But but so far, so good. He is locked in. And uh, for, for, for a guy that, you know, there's always some skepticism about because he, you know, really, <laughs> I think back to the beginning of last year so. You know, when, during the lockout, he wasn't even on the 40 man roster. So, so I was down there watching people in camp and, and, uh, you know, he was working his butt off, you know, mm-hmm. uh, while, while MLB was locked out. And, and that was probably good for him because, you know, I remember it feels like years ago, but, you know, Dave Dombrowski, uh, Joe Girardi, then manager, uh, Charlie Emanuel, Larry Boa, they were the one, the one side field last year. He, you know, he's working his butt off and I'm watching all of them watch him. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that might have helped him impress some of the, the higher ups, uh, yep. you know, uh, with his tools and, and his work ethic. And, um, I was interviewing former Philly Neil Walker for something, for something else back in, in November. And, and I just had to get his opinion on the Phillies and, and he was raving about Derek Hall, uh, just, wow. just knowing him from his, his little time in, in, in Philly's, uh, the Phillies organization in 2020, right? Neil Walker mm-hmm. was there at the worst time, uh, <laughs> um, for a guy like him, you know, uh, but, but he, he remembered Derek Hall, uh, you know, fondly and, and was raving about him. So now this can be the nice. next, the next guy that, uh, you know, sticks around. So, uh, but does, he is limited by the lack of uh, positional flexibility, but hey, you know what? If he can do something, Reese Hoskins is a free agent at, at year's end, you know, maybe they consider him for, uh, for something more permanent. So he's, Absolutely. at least, again, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but, uh, very impressive, uh, spring training. All right. Now, hmm. 
The other guy I mentioned, which I thought I went on a little bit of a limb, uh, both on our podcast and on the radio, <laughs> thinking that he could make the Phillies roster. But that's Scott Kingery. Yeah. So he is now, you know, the, the kind of the knock on him like a week ago was he was not really hitting for any power, but he had a home run in the last week and, and you know, he is now batting 471 with a 1.161 OPS mm-hmm. after Sunday. So they're off yesterday, but, but Scott Kingery is a changed man. You know, what they're, what they're saying about him is, uh, you know, well, first of all, and I've mentioned this before, he spent a lot of time with Kevin Long in Arizona in the off season. So of course, Kevin Long, sort of the, the uh, renowned hitting coach, spending time with Scott Kingery of all people during the off season. It, it sort of feels like this. He is this year's, even though the power, it's not about the power, but the whole idea of you've been reinvented under Kevin Long. He feels like this year's um, Mickey Moniak. You know, last year. Mickey came in, no expectations, everybody's down on him, but he worked with Kevin Long, and then all of a sudden it's like bing, bang, boom, home run, home run, home run, and then unfortunately gets hit by a pitch, right? And then he's Oh out. yeah, that really that derailed his spring. Derailed yeah. it totally. So right now they should just Less put day. Scott Kingery in bubble wrap because <laughs> he's doing well. He's obviously making a lot of contact. His his on base percentage is pretty good too. Five forty two. Uh he's only struck out four times. In 21 at bats. So you're right. He doesn't have any doubles. He doesn't have any triples. He only has one home run, but he's getting on base. He's getting hits. He's doing what he's supposed to do. Only one other player in all of camp, uh, has more hits than him. And that's Jake Cave. Uh, and more I think him the in big a thing, what's that? Yeah. More yeah, in more him, in, him a in a second. The big thing that you mentioned is he's probably the only one that can play center field that would be able to back up Brandon Marsh, who's been struggling, by the way, but not, not that that matters, but. I know Edmundo Sosa has been working at center field, but we see this all the time. I mean, guys cross train. It doesn't mean you can put Sosa in center field and expect like major league caliber center field play out of him. You don't want to just throw a guy in there and say, that's my backup center fielder for the year when he's really, if he's not ready for it. Kingery, we know can do it. And the fact that he's hitting, I would have to think puts him in, at least puts him into a conversation, Frank. Like they may not have thought. They were going to come north with this kid after everything he's been through. Um, but this, you know, with the, their situation now with the outfield, you know, they don't have as much depth as they used to without having, what, um, Mate, uh, not Maton, um Well, Maton would Bevere play in the outfield well, too, Maton right? So Bevere, yeah. 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 So there's an opportunity here for him to make the club. I know I'm sure people are going to be like are, are tired of it. They don't want to hear about Scott Kingery. But and I, I do think it's sort of a of an interesting development. And you know what's the what's the harm here? We're talking about a backup who might make the team with the last spot if he stinks for a month. He's always cuttable, and you put somebody else on. Now he's not on the forty man. That's the only issue is that you're going to have to clear spot if you want to put Kingery on this forty man roster. Yeah, and and by the way, Sosa they've used him in one spring game in center field, just yeah. one. So yeah. that makes me wonder if. Uh, they're really thinking about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yep. I, I, I would have expected to see him out there every day that Brandon Marsh wasn't if they were really going for center field. But it seems like, okay, well, maybe we'll see if we can throw him out there, but, but maybe he's not the one that they're, they're looking at. So, so I think that that's, that's an indication that, that Kingery has a chance. Plus again, the investment in Scott Kingery. And I don't mean the money investment. They spent that money years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Matt, Matt Clentak wrote that check a long time ago. But, right, uh, sunk cost. It's yeah, over the bridge now. Sunk cost, but you know the fact that Kevin Long is spending time with him of all people, 
I think that really gives him an opportunity. But, you know, you mentioned Jake Cave. He's the one behind him that I would really, uh, <laughs> you know. Great spring. Th- yeah, he's having a great spring, batting 409, a double, two triples, two home runs, 1.367 OPS. It's kind of kind of hard to ignore that, too. It is hard. It is hard. Now, he's a little bit limited, right, because he, he only plays really corner outfield. He can't play center field. Or maybe he could, but he probably doesn't give you the best range there. Yeah, and he has. You're looking for that. Yeah, he has played some center field in his career. Uh, yes. If you look, he's played actually 148 games in his major league. Oh, that's and actually, actually more than I thought. Okay. Yeah, so he's actually played more center than any other position in his major league career. However... They really shied away from that in recent years. So uh he was primarily in the corners um pretty much since since say twenty twenty he had twenty two appearances in center and fourteen in the corners or twelve in the mm-hmm. corners, excuse me. Mm-hmm. But but since then they really kinda stopped. So um but they're not they're not necessarily using him a lot in in center. So that's that's the uh Right. That's that's the one thing I would wonder. So again, if if, if this is any indication, uh, what the, the Phillies plan to do with him, uh, they they have put him in center, uh, two appearances, six innings total, one game he started, one game he uh, came in for a couple innings. So so yeah, he could be, but but ideally you wanted that center fielder back up to be right-handed. Mm-hmm. Right. Right, because you have a ton of lefties already here. No, I agree with you. It's going to be an interesting decision. Let, well, let me ask you this though. I forget how the, the the injured list works. The IL is it? Yep. Is Bryce Harper already on the IL? So they got to put him on. So they will get a forty man roster spot because they will put him on the forty day IL after the right. So after that the theoretically opens training, yeah. a spot. Like, could, could, or sorry, so Cave is not on the 40 man, correct? Cave is a, on uh, the 40 man. Oh no, he was on the 40 man. So yeah, he was a Ross, he was out of options from the Twins. They tried to sneak him through waivers and the Phillies claimed him. Right, right. So he's on the team. I mean, so really Harper going on, although I don't know if you're going to want to keep both Cave and Kingery. I, I don't know. Well, Kingery can play. The, the fact that Kingery can also be an infielder, you may want to keep both of them. Well, then you got to lose Hall. I mean, you're, 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 yeah, unless, you're I mean, right. unless the Phillies are, you know, I they signed Josh Harrison to a major league contract for two million dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think they're ready to just cut him. No, I agree. Even though he's not having a very good spring. Yeah, I mean, they they they. Uh, <laughs> it would be funny. Well, it would be funny, but what good you cut him two different spring trainings three years ago? I apart. know, right? But last time was at his request, but. Uh, yeah. when it was, when everything was up in the air, but, uh, no, I, I, I mean, Josh Harrison is locked in and, you know, if, if, if Josh Harrison was a, you know, minor league invitee, then I, you know, then you might want to keep the guys on your 40, but, uh, right. But yeah, they signed him to be there and, uh, which is, which is, which is good. I mean, he's a, he's a good player. Right. And you know, yeah, you don't want to go, you don't want to go one less pitcher either. So well, I don't know. This is going to be a, this will be interesting. Yeah, they'll, they'll they'll carry the thirteen pitchers for sure, but um, yeah, there's really so of so essentially you can keep four, so uh, uh including your backup catcher, right? So oh no, excuse me, plus your backup catcher. Yeah. So so Sosa, Harrison, Sosa. Mm-hmm. Hall, then Kingery or Cave. I mean, that's really yeah. what you got. I mean, I think I mean I'm thinking Hall has to get in. Get onto that route. You need you need Hall. And, and by the Gotta way, Cody, Hall, Cody right. Clemens hasn't been bad either. So uh, no, he hasn't. He has not. 
So uh, he's and he's and he plays all over the field. So uh, they they let's see here. The Phillies have used it first, second, third, short, left. Right. So, but again, that's not center. So they they really need they really need center field out of somebody. Hmm. Um, they do. That's going to be an interesting decision, and that's why there's still a couple of weeks here left of camp for them to see if any of these guys sort of regress back to the the mean or aren't doing it for them. Uh, I got to bring this up because this is now this has got my alarm way way up, and you probably feel the same way. The guy under the most scrutiny going into this spring, right, and this season is Castellanos. He's not having a good spring, and I don't really care about the batting average or the on-base percentage. The one thing that sticks out to me is that in 23 at-bats, he has struck out 11 times, Frank. I mean, we're mm. almost 50% strikeout rate here, and we saw him chasing outside pitch after outside pitch after outside pitch last year. I was hoping he was going to come back. I didn't even expect him to have a killer spring. I just wanted him to be making contact, even if he was making hard outs. That's a big concern for me right now. I would have to think that you're a little, that's on your radar as well. Yes. I, I tend to think oh. that he will be okay. I mean, I, I think, I think I last know, year things got into his head. Hopefully they're not in his head again, but. You know, if you, if you break down his season last year, he had three good months and three mediocre months. Mm-hmm. And I think the good months got lost. He started out doing pretty well in April. And then he came around sort of, uh, as the Phillies were in the midst of being hot towards the end. And then they kind of slow, you know, he had that injury in September. And then he kind of, uh, slowed down there. But, uh, man, I, I just need to see him play this out. You know, I gotta, I gotta think, see, see, I tend to think that, Hey, the Phillies made the World Series. Pressure is certainly not all on him right now. I just like him to do his thing, but uh um but yeah, he's he's uh Yeah, he had a he had a home run in the was it the opener? Yeah, it looked Second like game. hey, opener, things are good, you know. He's in, and then sort of been downhill since then. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, he'll get a lot of at bats. I mean, I think they're I think there's a less of a sense of urgency with, with him compared to others, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah. I mean, he had such a bad June last year, you know, 223. And the strikeouts really started. He struck out a lot in June and July. July, like you said, was a little better because he batted 282, but there was almost no, no power there. You know, it was no home runs. He had nine RBIs. Just, I don't know. I just worry that. You know, when he comes into spring and strikes out 11 times in 23 at-bats, that to me says he's probably, you know, still chasing a lot of bad pitches. And when you start to do that and strike out, it does get in your head again. Like, oh, I can't believe I'm doing it again. And, I, you know, I need this guy to be relaxed. Hopefully he is. Maybe it's not bothering him, Frank. Who knows? I I would just have to think after the year he had last year to already be striking out on every other at-bat, that can't be good mentally. Alright, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I will proceed with caution. Let's mm-hmm. check back in two weeks. <laughs> you know, I mean. <laughs> you know, By the way, Brandon Marsh, not much better with nine strikeouts and 25 at bats, but, uh, um, yeah. again, it's not as essential for Brandon Marsh to be, uh, you know, pounding out the base hits and home runs that it is for, as it is for Castellanos. So, well, I, I say we keep an eye, but, but there's, there's still plenty of time. Let's say plenty of time for a vet like him. I mean, he he will he sure. will play a lot towards the end, I'm sure. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I want to be optimistic. You know, I, I, I want to be optimistic with Castellanos, but, you know, I, I hate to see a few bad months sort of just throw him off kilter from last year, but I mean, he was, he was too good for too long. I mean, he was the guy, remember years ago when, when, uh, Philly saw Jonathan Papelbon, it was like everybody wanted to trade him to Detroit for Castellanos, right? I mean, he was, <laughs> he, he was, uh, you know, he was, he was a bat and he knew he was going to be a bat. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I want to see a little bit more. I, I'm not okay. sure I, uh, I'm not sure I'm ready to hit panic yet. Let me see. You know, let me see how he usually does in spring training. Well, usually, well, I, while you're looking at that, it's it's also notable that Edmundo Sosa has been really hot this spring. I mean, he has four home runs, eight RBIs, hitting over two 500, <laughs> two in one game. And you just wonder, like, this is a guy who's already going to see some pretty decent opportunities with Harper out to get his time in at different spots as they rotate. And you just wonder if he could play himself. I don't know where. I mean, if Bryson Stott struggles maybe or if Alec, but I don't. I don't think Alec Bohm's coming out of this lineup, especially with the spring. Well, what you can do is if you he, you know, you can sort of platoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they kind of did this for a while last year. Sosa and Hall, and, right? You know, against the lefty, Sosa plays yep. third, Bohm plays uh, first or DH, and let Hoskins right. DH, and then you uh, play Hall against the righties and yep. uh, as your DH. So and hey, listen, he's swinging such a hot bat, and if it continues, you could also give your outfielders a couple. You know, you can get if you can get Sosa into the outfield and get Schwarbs at first base, right? That and then somebody else can uh can DH or Schwarbs DHs instead of, you know, playing first. You got you got an opportunity there. Yeah, you can sort of mix and match here. So so yeah, they haven't done much Schwarber at first base. So they might they might not I wouldn't be shocked so if Hoskins leaves as a free agent, I wouldn't be shocked if they try that, but you know, a lot I think would depend on on Hall. I don't think we're gonna see anybody but but Bohm or Hoskins or well they have Bohm, Hoskins and and um Hall. That can play first base, so right. That makes sense. I think they'll be the ones that kind of cycle through that position at least this year, and then we'll see where things go. But but yeah, you know what? Uh, Sosa can play second against a tough lefty. He can play. So yeah, that's why I like that's why I like Kingery on the roster because if if you're facing that tough lefty and they want to do the lefties day off like they did last year <laughs> when mm-hmm. they used to put Fearling and and uh, Sosa in, you can put Kingery in center. You can put uh, Sosa at third. Slide, mm-hmm. slide Bohm over to first base and Hoskins DHs and then you've got a, a, a decent defense and you know, you're primed for those lefties. Yeah. No, they got optionality. That's a good thing. Especially without Harper, you're going to need it. And you know by what the though? Way, good, new, good news on him, by the way, to sort of, he, he kind of gave the impression that he's ahead of schedule. Yeah, but you know, that's a tough injury to, to, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want him to mess it up by, by doing too much, but yeah, he's not wearing a, He's not wearing like a cast or anything like that. He's just walking around camp doing some of the drills and right. uh that's 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 definitely a good sign, you know. So Yeah, um, no doubt. But uh speaking of torn UCLs, there was one thing uh I did see <laughs> regarding Andrew Painter. Mm-hmm. Uh the, this was via John Heyman. John Heyman no, excuse me, no, it was uh Jeff Passan. And okay. basically it was an optimistic very optimistic tape by by Passan where he said that of the 19 pitchers that have had Tommy John surgery or, or have had a torn UCL, excuse me, mm-hmm. uh, the the ones that have had let me, let me read this exactly. So the sure. fact, so this is quoting Jeff Passan. The fact that Andrew Painter's UCL tear is proximal or on the side that attaches to the medial epicondyle. No, it's, yeah, did I say that right? I don't know. Epicondyle. Sure. 
Could matter a lot. In a study on UCL management, 17 of the 19 pitchers with proximal tears avoided surgery. So, okay. so I like those odds for Andrew Painter. Sure. I like uh, it. Sounds if you good don't to have me. to, if you don't have to put him under, uh, surgery. So that's, yeah. And they, uh, they, and he linked to this study. Like this is an actual peer reviewed study. So, mm-hmm. and you know, the mean age for the study was 22.3 years. So of course, Painter's even younger. You got to hope maybe that, you know, as a growing boy, <laughs> he's got a better shot, but, uh, but that's definitely a, a good thing to know. I mean, that, 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 that's why I think it makes sense the Phillies wait this out. You know, don't go rushing to surgery. Um, because mm-hmm. if you can, even if, even if he gets you something late this season, that's, that's a lot better than, than if you, uh, are, you know, get nothing at all. And then, and then if you wait a couple months and you find, yeah, he really has to have the surgery. Well, then he's probably not going to pitch a full season next year anyway. So if he comes back mid year next year, then. Yeah, I hope this doesn't turn to Sir Anthony all over again, you know, where you're just waiting and waiting. And it's great that we, you know, Sir Anthony is up at the the club and he was a big part of last year's World Series run and it's going to be a big part of this year's bullpen, but it seemed like a forever wait to have to get to that level from when he debuted. Well, that was, that was pandemic, uh, induced. So they were, they were kind of looking at this to see if they could avoid it. And then the pandemic hit. And then next thing you know, it's, it's, June, July before mm-hmm. he's able to actually get the surgery. And then, so I, I think that was, that was bad timing from Sir Anthony's part, you know, and a lot of people say, well, why didn't he just get it right away? We're like, well, I mean, that study shows why you don't get it right away. Mm-hmm. I think, I think you'd rather not, you know, go to the length of that, that surgery if you don't yeah. have to. So, uh, so that's, that's a, uh, that, that is one positive sign, uh, that, that others have avoided that. And kind of gone from there. Uh, all right. Sure. So now well, one thing I, I also want to talk about here is that some of the storylines recently or around Reese Hoskins, you know, the, the, oh, we love it here, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Jamie Hoskins too. Todd Zalecki has a piece up on, on, from, from the, the, uh, from Sunday on, uh, MLB.com, you know, just about what it's like thinking about, uh, the fact that the Reese Hoskins could be a free agent and you see the stuff of her buying people beers during the playoffs and, <laughs> you know, really being involved in the city and loving the city. But, uh, mm-hmm. what, what do you think about Reese Hoskins? Has he kind of been like forgotten? There's, there's people, have people sort of already moved past him in a way. I mean, he's not uh, in the WBC. He's just I, kind of hanging yeah, out. Yeah. I don't know, Frank. I think. You know, the way the Phillies are operating here and the direction that they're going on, unless he crushes it this year and sort of makes it impossible for them to move on and plays good defense at first base, it's hard to see them bringing him back. I mean, I think they've given up a bunch of first round picks to, to, to sign players the last few years. And I don't think they would mind being able to recoup one if they could, you know, you give Hoskins the qualifying offer he winds up signing elsewhere you get a first round pick out of that because at some point again we're gonna have this conversation about replenishing the farm they still need some guys you know they're gonna need some positional prospects coming up and if you have the ability to play Schwab's at first or move somebody else there and open up an outfield spot you know you got Crawford coming up through the chains right I'm, I'm sort of spitballing the future I, I just you know he's been I think you've seen what Reese Hoskins is for many years and he is a leader and he is a gravitational force in the clubhouse, but sometimes you got to move on from these guys. I mean, all the best teams do. The Dodgers do, the Red Sox do, the Yankees. Do. 
have done it. So it's it's sometimes you have to do that for the betterment of your your overall club. So he we know he's all up and down, right? I think that's fair to say he's very streaky. Oh yeah. But man, look at the consistency from him year to year. So 2022 he bats 246. 2021 247. 2020 245. He also hit 246 in, in 2018, right? So it's his career batting average 242. So he, he always seems to like fall in the same like little range. Right. And you know, you he know is. he's going to give you like the high 20s to 30 home runs. He's going to bat around there. His, his on base percentage has been pretty good. It's, it's usually about 350 ish, uh, you know, so I mean, the, the, the question would be the, the streakiness, you know, like, uh, it's like there's weeks where he's just dominant and then there's weeks where he's just quiet. So I think that's what your, uh, your knock on Reese Hoskins would be. But that's, 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 pr- that's pretty consistent. I think any team that gets Reese Hoskins knows exactly what they're getting. I think so. I, and I would agree. And I would think he'd be a player who other teams would, would like to have in the, in the right kind of role, maybe even as a DH. So I don't know. We have to let the season play out, but. You know, like, again, just knowing David Dombrowski, knowing the team's mindset, they, it's like they know that they're going to have to be competitive but also replenish the farm system at the same time. And when you're signing players the way they do, every once in a while you have to make a move that helps you replenish the farm system in the fastest way possible, and that's by getting in a first-round pick. And I think he's like the perfect candidate to sort of get the qualifying offer and not, not accept it because he gets a better offer and – the team gets something back in return and then also doesn't have as much of an issue moving on because they've signed and, and built the team around them. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it happens. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I actually, it's, it's early. I mean, I'm not sure, I'm not sure he wouldn't take the qualifying offer from the Phillies. Uh, you know, oh, looking, sh- I, I mean, he could be around be another shocked. year. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I'd be shocked. I mean, there's always teams looking for guys that can hit the way he can hit. So. Yeah, but they don't want to give up the pick, which, which by the way, was not necessarily a first round pick. It depends on a oh, lot of factors true. now. So, but, but no, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, they will get a pick if, if, if they give the qualifying offer, but then he might, he might take it. I mean, that's something to really consider. So, mm-hmm. um, just checking in on that fifth starter, uh, uh, um, what do, we, what do we call it? Battle? I don't know if it's much of a battle, <laughs> but someone's well, got to yeah, start. I mean, it's, well, it's not like Bailey Falter's. Pitching so great that he's earned that fifth spot, but I mean, he's going to get it on reputation. So Michael Plasmeyer, he has, he has not given up a run yet in his three starts, but he's only pitched two innings each. So, I mean, it's a small sample size. Yeah. Bailey Falter, he's now see, here's the thing about Falter. He's 0 and 3, but I know the one time he gave up a run and then the, the bullpen gave up 14. Right. Uh, but, uh, uh, but, but, you know, he's given up, uh, let's see here. Well, he's six, got eight strikeouts and six and a third. So that, that's yeah. a pretty good. He's got swing and miss stuff down there. It's just, I think he had a, a bad inning or two. Yeah, but each, each time. So, um, but, but yeah, I mean, but Blast Meyer's not giving up any runs. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know what it is. Now uh, this, that was strange. I didn't get to catch that game, but I saw that the game he started, they were down two nothing pretty early. I wonder if those were unearned runs then. Now they were, they had to have been, right? Well, I mean, they could have been earned if he has no ERA, right? Oh, no, Plasmeyer? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. The, the last game he pitched, I felt that they were down two to one or three to one early and, uh, uh, 
it's possible that he had given up on no, no runs. runs. No know. runs. No. Oh, okay. There must have been somebody. He must have just pitched a few innings and somebody else came in. Yeah, struck out. But he's got four. six walks in seven innings, man. That's not good. Yeah. So he's given up walks, but nobody's scoring. I guess that's a trade off. So anyway, I suppose we figure uh, you'll have. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Who'll be a fifth starter? Whoever you have, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, I think it's it's going to be, for lack of a better competitor, it's it's going to be Bailey Falter, is it not? Is there anybody else other than Plasmeyer? Uh, well, Christopher Sanchez, but Sanchez. they're not they're not using Sanchez as a starter either. They're right. giving him an inning out of relief, you know, even in games where there's there's clearly room to give him more. So. Yeah. I think that's kind of an indication that they're not they're not looking at that. So yeah, he's only pit, appeared in two games and two innings so far. It doesn't right. sound like somebody who's a candidate to start. And uh same thing with Nick Williams. Or Nick Williams. Oh, <laughs> shall I edit that out or should I just sound stupid? No, that's fine. My, I'll it's just fine, let myself man. uh sound stupid. Uh Nick Nelson is right. the uh the other candidate. But again, he's not really <laughs> he's not really starting, so right. um so I, I gotta think it's Falter unless Plastmeyer wows them, but, uh, but I think that's, uh, that's, that's gonna be, that's gonna mm-hmm. be set. Now the bullpen I think is more intriguing because they have a couple guys pitching well that there's no room for, at least on the surface. Uh, right. Andrew Vasquez. Andrew Vasquez being one. They picked, yep. they picked up, uh, for the second time, uh, mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, uh, but so far he is not scored, was he not scored upon? Uh, he has a 193 one area. Okay. Yeah. So one, he's given up one run in his appearances so far, five appearances. So that ain't bad. And right. then, uh, Junior Marte. Now, here's the nice thing about Marte. You can put him down at AAA and have him ready when you need somebody. Mm-hmm. But he also won eight zero ERA in five games. Looking pretty good. Striking out five in five games. So, yeah. um, so the bullpen, bullpen you feel kind of good about. Yeah, and Brogdon, by the way, that's that. Remember, we talked about him. You know, are we getting the 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 real Connor Brogdon back? And he's got swing and miss stuff already in in camp with with uh, six Ks and four innings. So I'm I'm pleasantly excited about him. I, I hold my breath a little bit, but we know he's got electric stuff when he's on. So. And by the way, uh, I'm seeing him in camp. His tattoo collection is greatly increasing. Uh, oh, good, good. <laughs> so, I, I did hear um, increase in tattoo collection is an increase in confidence. So that's, that's always good. <laughs> so, so yeah, so, so a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Still a lot of baseball left, but, but Jeff, we're two weeks out from opening day, pretty much. Can't wait, man. Gonna be, I'm excited. It's gonna be great. And, and, and I like that they're playing two two good teams right off the bat too. I, mean, I expect the Rangers to be very improved. I don't know. I say that a lot, and sometimes they don't because they're you like. You say that. that last year, and they were terrible. No, I said I thought the Mariners were going to be pretty good. Okay. I predicted the Mariners to make the playoffs, and they did. Yeah, they, they, although they they got off to a rough start last year. They I did. I thought That's why I remember we were doing too, a pod. I'm like, oh, I'm, I must be an idiot. I thought the Mariners were actually going to be decent, and then they were terrible, and then all of a sudden, you know, second half they picked it up. Well, they certainly spent money, and uh, yes, they did. By the way, just just. Talking about how other teams are doing, the Mets are already going to be without one of their old starters uh, until at least June, it sounds like. Uh, you know, they signed Jose Quintana to be in their starting rotation. It looks yeah. like they're going to shut him down for three months. So Crazy. that's, uh, you know, I I will say, man, the Mets, they 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 were they were taking a risk signing that many old pitchers. And I will say, mm-hmm. you know, Quintana, of course, is only the third oldest on the team at 34, but. <laughs> 
I mean, he does have a lot of mileage on that arm. I mean, he's been been around in the major leagues since 2012. So, yep. um, so, I mean, the Mets have some depth, but uh, you know, I don't think they're they're in a position to lose many more at this point. No, I think that they they especially with Sengai, right? You just mentioned hurt hurt his finger, everything. They're they're on thin ice, but they always are. But they still have the the, the three horses at the top of the lineup as long as Scherzer. Verlander and um uh who's their third guy? Well, was that supposed to be Sengai, I guess? No, they have Carlos Correa. Yeah, they have Carlos Correa, Correa, Cookie Correa. As long as those uh, Carrasco are are healthy, which right now they are, then that's still pretty good for them. Yeah, but they don't have you know, they they lost two really good pitchers in Jacob DeGrom and yeah. uh, and the off-season visitor to Philadelphia who was not going to uh <laughs> By the way, I don't think we talked about that. So, uh, so you remember a year ago, Nick, Nick Castellanos announced his signing with the Phillies through an Instagram post, right? You remember that? Yeah, I remember so, that. Yep. So, so of course, then it's, it's really, really strange that last, in the offseason, Chris Bassett tweets out of, or Instagrams out a picture of the, uh, William Penn statue atop City Hall. Because he's yeah. in a hotel room in Center City, Philadelphia. Yep. And it's like, well, what's this? And of course I write, I write something about it on 973ESPN.com, which apparently was the top story in the company that day. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but then he got all mad. He's like, why would anybody think I would release information like that on my Instagram? It's like, yeah, dude. I mean, why would an athlete ever put out information on Instagram? Nick <laughs> Castellanos is not the first person to do that either, by the way. Right. I'm like, dude, I'm like, you put, you put a picture of Center City, Philadelphia, and you're like, with no explanation whatsoever. How are we supposed to know your friends getting married? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By, by the way, a billion guys, uh, athletes come to the city to see Dr. Myers, who does like all the core. Mm. hernia surgeries for everybody in nfl i'm sure he does it for a major leaguer so people are constantly seeing athletes like recognizable athletes in philly and thinking something's up and it's just you know just that <laughs> well he is uh philly saw bassett in blue blue jays camp uh, a week mm-hmm. ago uh, so mm-hmm. he's not but he's not a met so you know i don't think you can minimize the loss of bassett and Degrom, even if they do sign a 41 year old verlander right who's now yeah. Well, now there should they're... be some good games, right? If, if, if it lines up so that you get Verlander versus Wheeler and you get Scherzer versus Nola, that's pretty good. You know, Carrasco versus Ranger that, wait, is Carrasco Venezuelan? No, he's not. He's not. I was going to say yeah, that would be an interesting matchup, but, um, in general, I just think that, that those are pretty good matchups. And then the Braves, you know, nobody talks about them. They don't do anything really big. They get a catcher. And then they'll probably win 110 games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I would still pick the Braves to the, uh, but I think the Phillies could finish second. I mean, but, but you know, uh, I think they can finish for, I mean, listen, it's, to me, it's a grab bag. It's just that the Braves somehow figure out a way every, don't you think when you look at the Braves roster compared to the Mets and the Phillies, it's like, okay, yes, they have Acuna. Acuna is really good. Albie's good, but you know, you can, you probably find more blue chip talent on the other two teams, but for whatever reason, the Braves are always there at the top. It's kind of annoying. Yep. <laughs> well, we have plenty of time to watch that. But, Jeff, two more weeks of spring training, then there's real baseball. Until then, enjoy the World Baseball Classic. Enjoy watching these little battles in Phillies camp. But for now, this has been the Powder Blue Podcast. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher. We'll catch you next time. Hey!